you have the American dream. You run your own business. But running a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why. 1,750-plus small business owners, partners, general managers, presidents, and CEOs connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,750-plus weekly connections is a big deal. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest today is Robert Mosley with the House of Mosley. Welcome to the Celebration Podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for coming today. We're doing this interview here in the House of Mosley. The reason I've asked our guest here to, to be interviewed is because we have received a lot of queries on our Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook pages on businesses and interior decorating of those businesses and some of the psychology behind it. And Robert has been good enough to sit down with us and give us some insight on how to effectively do that for your business. Question I would like to begin with this morning, Robert, is tell us a little bit about color and why color is such an important psychological influence on the environment for a business. Well, color does affect us. It's, um, it's one of those things that it, it speaks to you internally. You can project different moods or feelings with color. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think is funny is I actually studied feng shui. Oh, okay. And so that's why we're sitting in a purple office uh -huh. because it actually brings prosperity to the back left-hand corner of the store. Really? I do that sometimes not necessarily intentionally, but I still think that way. Hmm. And so I do... I do interject those things into my designs and what, what I select for customers. Tell us a little bit about the colors and their psychological influences. For example, like yellow. What does what does yellow do? Well, yellow actually is an intense color. To, mm -hmm. It grabs your eye. Mm -hmm. It makes you pay attention. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with red. Mm. But sometimes red is such a fiery color, it actually, some people shy away from it. Hmm. A lot of that's why a lot of times you see in business offices soft grays, light blues, because they're calming. They're simple. They allow um, productivity to go along without that pop. Mm. That's why in a lot of retail applications you'll see brighter colors like yellow or red, mm. and because it grabs your attention and, and pulls you in. But wouldn't be, for example, like Target. Mm -hmm. uses their primary color is primary red right and their whole store is red and this is not a mistake this is very intentional on their part wouldn't spending too much time in a solid red environment like that be taxing well especially if it was more of a law office or an accountant office or even an oil company office okay you wouldn't want a big red store where everyone is on 
edge and intense trying to fire up emotions. Mm. That's why different colors work in different environments. Mm -hmm. But yes, retail, bright yellow, bright red, those are definitely colors that they they tantalize you. They make you excited. Mm -hmm. So that's not necessarily something you want in an accounting office. (laughs) (laughs) And what kind of colors would you choose for an accounting office? Uh, Definitely like soft grays, blues, you know, things that are calming. Mm -hmm. Maybe light lilac tones, any or soft greens. Mm -hmm. That's why even back, if you think about the, the doctor's offices in the hospitals in the 50s and 60s, 70s, I mean, even some of the 80s, they were all just those horrible light greens and peach <laughs> tones uh-huh. because it was supposed to be calming for the the customer or the patient. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to make you super excited. <laughs> what color, generally speaking, is, is the world's most popular color? Red. I have to say that even though it's not in fashion or trend right now, mm-hmm. red is always something that always comes up seasonally or holiday or um, some people just, that's their signature color, mm. their signature lipstick, their mm-hmm. signature tail or um, fingernail polish. <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's something about red that always achieves that wow. And so you use red a lot for accents and pop, correct? Yes. For your overall color scheme, what, ten, what colors tend to work well in a non-retail environment? Because you mentioned blues and grays for a calming. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I understand that blue is probably a very, very popular color. Yes. But at what point do you differentiate, you know, try to choose what color is going to work best for your particular business or office? There's a office that we did over on California and or California Avenue. And it's very white, very stark, black accent, but very vibrant green. Mm. And it's it's just, again, it's that pop or wow. Mm-hmm. But the overall aesthetic of the office is very clean, very modern, mm. very aesthetically pleasing. But then it's got a pop. And then that's what kind of creates that wow factor. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little about us a little bit about the philosophy of feng shui and okay. how that works, in, especially in an office environment. Well, feng shui is... Um, Again, it's a it's a under, it is a type of religion, but it doesn't have to be applied to, as a religion. Mm. The idea of feng shui is to be at one with your environment. Mm. The rules are that you do like a purple or a, a bright blue in the back left hand corner that brings wealth or prosperity. Mm-hmm. You want red in the very front of the of the location, like mm-hmm. a front door. Or And you also want red in the very back because that's where your fame comes from. Mm. And then on the right-hand side, on the front right-hand side, it's very important to have black and white because what that does is it, it actually brings helpful people. Hmm. And helpful people in your life, and especially in a business environment, that means things that help your business, help your personality, help your staff. So there's just like little things that you can use and it doesn't have to be so rigid because mm-hmm. the other, the the last line of feng shui basically is once you have find the map and do it the way you want it, mm-hmm. the under all theme is if it doesn't make you happy, then it's, it's against all the rules anyway. Sure. So in the end, you still have to be happy. It sounds like one of the things that's also important is that, especially for example, in a retail environment, that there is a transition as the customer comes in through the front door and makes their way through the space so that things are shifting and things are changing. Why is that important? Well, the thing about why it's so important is because you want to keep adding points of interest or 
You want to get your customer excited. Mm -hmm. Seasonal does that. Mm. Also, the fact that if you even walk through the door of my store, mm -hmm. we create, I call them little retail rivers. We You ebb and flow and go through the space without necessarily just rigid, like a grocery store where it's just line after line after line. Mm -hmm. You want to flow through the store and develop or um, and find points of interest that captivate your audience. Okay. One of the other important things is shape and form. And explain to us a little bit about the importance of shape and function and how that works in with feng shui. Well, shape and form is pretty much everything. The It's all based on environment. If you are wanting to have more life or growth, you put plants in different spaces. Mm -hmm. So obviously large shaped leaves mean more money. Okay. All um, right. All small right. plants mean less money. <laughs> so you want big, big, so you want big, big leafy, leafy plants. You want big leafy plants. <laughs> okay. And so there's just silly things like that. But, uh -huh. And so, yes, yeah, shapes and forms. In retail, I think, uh, or even any business office, you almost always come into a front desk. Mm -hmm. There's, It's always shaped of some sort, mm -hmm. a snake shape or a, a curve or something. Mm -hmm. And it gives you just a little bit of softness as you enter. Mm. So that's one of the things that I think is important to, to do. It sounds like that one of the things that you're trying to avoid is anything that's a harsh, stark line. Yes, especially in, well, you can go back to the grocery store. Uh-huh. There and if you look at the new grocery stores of like the, um, you know, the markets and um, oh, what's what Sprouts or any of those type of grocery stores, you can tell that they they break it up where you're you're those retail rivers like I call them. Mm -hmm. They're breaking up. They're not just the rigid lines of going back and forth, back and forth of you know like of a Costco or something that's just rigid. Mm -hmm. It's important to have shape and it changes your mood and feeling when you enter a space. Even if your business isn't a retail and your environment and you're strictly business to business, this no, this idea of having softness and flow to your your environment is key and important to to your to those customers as well. Well, it's not just the customer, but it's also the the work staff. You mm. know, it's it's their environment. It's mm -hmm. it's very much about how they function. Mm -hmm. So, it's really interesting because you can change a philosophy of a business by having a better environment. Uh, Ron, why are you clinking glasses? I'm practicing my toast for our Geronco customers for this business this holiday season. Holiday party toasts? You betcha. This is a time of year when business owners and leaders that listen to this podcast call our shop or go to our website at joroncorentals.com and reserve all their tables, linens, plates, flatware, and glasses for their holiday parties. But aren't all of your holiday party rentals almost reserved already? Not if any member of Visioneer Nation that listens to this podcast come down to our shop at 7501 Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or gives us a call at 661-325-0855 or checks us out on our website at Jaronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O, rentals with an S, dot com right now. Wait, let me get a piece of paper and a pen. That was 7501 East Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or giving you a call at 661-325-0855 or on your website at Jaronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O rentals.com. We're here talking with Robert Mosley in the House of Mosley. 
you've been in Bakersfield for quite a long time. You started off your business in, in a prior environment, working for an, another business owner, and then you went out on your own. Give us a little bit of a timeline briefly on where you started and why you chose to start your own business. You know, it was, it was kind of by accident, honestly, uh-huh. but I loved, I really, actually coming out of high school, I wanted to be a photographer. Okay. But I was too chicken to move to Santa Barbara and go to the Brooks Institute. Hmm. I didn't have necessarily the financial support, and I just didn't have the gumption to do it on my own. <laughs> and so I ended up working with a gentleman named Brock Hare. He was a faux painter artist in town, mm-hmm. and I loved it very much, but he moved to San Francisco. Hmm. He had a connection at Rosalie at Rambling Rose. Hmm. She actually became like a second mother to me. She, I worked for her for five years on and off, and I, it really was my school of hard knocks at my University of Rambling Rose. Oh, really? Really? But the, how, how so? Uh, well, because my business is very much emulated after her, hmm. and the concept of helping customers and selling product and doing the design work, mm-hmm. and she acknowledged that, that I had a talent where at a younger age and not really knowing what you're doing or, you know, just a job, she was the type that would tell you to go hang a picture and you go around, you go around the corner, you'd hang the picture. Most people, she'd turn around and say, it's too high, it's too low. Right. And she just nod at me like, okay, you got it. Like it was, <laughs> you just had the gift. I had a gift and she acknowledged that and, and helped me develop that. What happened that you stopped working for her and you went out on your own? You know, Rosalie and I, <laughs> I always tease, but we have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> um, we were really, I, actually, the I was supposed to, when I came back to Ramley Rose, I was supposed to be a buy-in to the business. I was supposed to have an opportunity to be a 49% owner. Mm. And when it came down to doing the ink, it just dragged and dragged. Mm. And nothing against her, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to run the rest of my life that way. Mm. And I really loved what I did. And mm-hmm. so I already had clientele that was captured by me mm-hmm. or that I was able to work for. Mm-hmm. And so I just made a break. Where was your first location? My very first location was on Alta Vista in this little tiny store. It was maybe, I mean, maybe 700 square feet. Wow. It was just a little place and it had a swamp cooler. It was horrible. <laughs> But um, I had a following, and Uh I wasn't necessarily there every day, but I would open from Wednesday through Friday, and that way I could do job, you know, be in homes on Mondays and Tuesdays. You know, it was just like baby steps, Mm -hmm. and it's before I had employees or had anyone like that to help or support me, and it was just, you know, sometimes it was just taking basic items and making them into something, just being creative. Things grew, and then... You moved to Chester Avenue. Well, actually, I've had several business locations. <laughs> um, I was I was on Chester Avenue. I was also on 19th Street. Mm-hmm. Um, 19th and F was probably my most favorite location I've ever had. Mm. I was also on 18th over by Billy's Sherman. Mm-hmm. He rented to me. Mm-hmm. He was pretty awesome. And why was the 19th Street your favorite location? Well, at the time I was married to Raji and w- her family helped me get a building there and it was a two-story building 
And I used to be super infatuated with Fred Siegel down mm -hmm. on Melrose. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about it was it was one building, but there was several businesses in it. And mm -hmm. everyone supported each other, and it became a shopping destination, kind of a lifestyle feel. Nice. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to capture or reinvent here in Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really loved that location, because... That was actually the birth of House of Tallulah mm. that is still in that location. Mm -hmm. We had a little barber in the back. We had a dress shop next door. We had a, a lady dealing, you know, plants and such. It was just a fun community, little community and experience. We had a toy store that was awesome. <laughs> and we all fed off of each other. Nice. You, you may have came in to get a candle, but you might have walked out with a pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my, all my sale. It was just the idea that everyone helped each other. What made the decision to move out here on a Stockdale Highway next door to Trader Joe's? Well, it was later in a morph, but when we were house mostly on Chester Avenue, it was just a it was a hard sell. I had an awesome building, horrible parking, and just the you know the homeless and the vagrants, mm. and that was just an element. Downtown became a place where. And I love downtown, and I, I still would love to support downtown. But the it was hard because if there wasn't a parking spot like at the front door, people would just keep driving. Mm. And that and because they didn't want to go around the corner because they didn't know what was sitting around the corner. Right. And that became an element that was hard for us. Mm -hmm. And then you moved out here, and you've been here for how many years? I've been here going on my eighth year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy because I feel like it just happened. Sure. sure. But House of Mosley here at the town and square or town and country, it's just, it's one of those things where we almost reinvented ourselves again, mm. where downtown, most people really thought of me as the decorator, but here we, we really morphed into a gift store even more so than I was on 19th street. I think you just brought up a very important point is a business can reinvent itself by going to a new location. Oh, absolutely. And talk us a little bit about that transformation that you went through. And that, you know, I think the thing about coming to town and country was the, it's kind of the new downtown. Hmm. There's so much adjacent to where we are with, you know, Stockdale Estates, old Stockdale, Seven Oaks, and that just keeps growing and growing. Right. Rosedale is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the, I call it the Barkway, the, um, <laughs> when that came in, yeah, I mean, it became easier access for us and people could stop and grab something and keep going. Hmm. And so it really did change the philosophy of our store because we had so many more people walking through the door. Mm -hmm. And Trader Joe's was a huge draw for us. Mm -hmm. I always say that there are people, there are clientele that they know they know a little better. They're wor they're willing to spend a little better mm -hmm. to get the the best, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what we are too. We're we're not we're not the the five ninety nine sofa combo. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we, you know, um, there's a purpose to what we sell. Right. It's about lifestyle. It's not just making a sale or selling you a sofa. Mm -hmm. It's selling you a sofa that your family will enjoy, and you can make that part of your home and your environment but all this has not come without a price true and you've been doing this quite successfully for a long time and it's it's been a, a labor of love and a passion for you tell us a little bit about something that has happened along the way that still influences the choices and the decisions you make for your business today 
Well, I think with any business, you go through hiccups or you have um, you have things that don't go the way you planned. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I I well, I say obviously because I feel like everyone knows my story, but I did go through a divorce, and with a divorce, the business changed. It went and, from and how, and how did it change? Well, because we owned it together, so then it was Mosley Designs, and mm. um, that was some, that was what I first started on my own. Mm. And, you know, as time goes by and children come and, and then when your marriage falls apart Mm -hmm. and I wasn't totally innocent in it, Mm -hmm. but the, um, I mean, probably should take more blame than that, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but the thing was it fell apart. And so when things go to ashes, you have to come up out of the rubble and, and start and start again. It's even like in 08, like when you mentioned this um, Chester store, mm-hmm. building was booming. And so I was, I, all I saw was that all these homes needed lighting. And so I wanted to expand into lighting. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's when 08 happened. And that's when the, the bubble popped. And I was stuck with thousands of dollars <laughs> of lighting and no one needed them. Right, right. <laughs> and right. so you, again, you have to revamp and re reinvent and that's, one of the reasons, like, I didn't need that much space. Mm. I decided to go smaller and, you know, leaner and trimmer. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Um, and it sounds like you, you chose to become more niche. Yes, definitely. You know, and I think I always kind of have been. But I would, you know, the Chester Avenue concept was to be more to the mass public. Mm-hmm. Because everyone was building. Mm. When I really go back down to my roots. And I really just take care of my clientele. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not trying to be everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. I actually succeed. And And that's something I've learned. That is a key point that keeps coming up on this podcast over and over and over again. Discover something that is, that is your niche and become really good at that. Right. Give us a little bit of an example for those who aren't familiar with the house of Mosley. What is your niche? Well, I I think that, I think that my returning customer or clientele they know that I'm going to take care of them. They know that I'm going to take the existing things that we've invested in and add to it or reinvent it. And it might be a new home or it might be a different situation for them. Mm-hmm. And you have to take the items and, and make it the best it can possibly be. I always say, obviously, I want to sell you a sofa, but I'm not a sofa salesman. Right. And, you know, I want it to be about lifestyle. I want it to be mm-hmm. an environment that your children enjoy. I tell the same stories all the time. I don't want parents to have to yell at their kids for living in their house. Mm-hmm. I want to pick the right fabric that they, they can live on and jump on and get the marker on right. that's going to clean up. Uh-huh. I want that for children. I want them to have that. I want that for families. I like being a part of that. You want people to actually live in their house. I do. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> I think that my job also becomes a little bit of a therapist, too, <laughs> because you have all these dynamics, you know, the mom to the children, the husband to the wife, or who has the control of the pocketbook, right? or who, how and why, and, you know, he wants red, but she doesn't, and how you, how you balance that, or whatever the item is, but mm-hmm. um, you, you become a little bit a part of their home. And I, I also have always teased and said, you know, if you, if I get to know you well enough, I'll know where your potato chips are. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I'm, I'm so blessed that I have clientele that I, I constantly help and reorganize or refurbish or even the holiday work. Sometimes I don't see the client for a year, but 
they're they're back you know and that's that's a great that's a great feeling that you've actually earned someone's trust that you're able to help them that makes me happy as a small business owner you are a visioneer a pioneer with vision but sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees you know where you want to go you know what you want to do and have but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees. Realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here with Robert Mosley and the House of Mosley. This is the first week of November, and the holiday season is now upon us. One of the things that when I spoke to my wife that I was going to be interviewing you today, she goes, Oh! I know, Robert. He decorates houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about how this well-earned reputation came about. You know, um, again, I just, I started with nothing. And, and, and my whole philosophy is to help the customer and help them in their lifestyle of their home. And I think that that's what, that's what it's all started from. And you, one of the things that you mentioned prior to us uh, recording this is you like to acknowledge that your customers, what they have purchased and how you can build upon that. And this sounds like a fundamental philosophy of the way you do business. And give us, give us a little bit of detail into why that is. Yeah, I think that as a kid, we moved a lot. Mm. You know, I think that's probably where I actually very first started. Okay. But it was helping make something out of nothing. Mm. You know, we weren't we weren't um, wealthy of any sort, but we always had means, and we always had. I'm not saying like we were poor, but when you moved and you and life transitions, and you have to take your items and taking them into a new a new space and make them look good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's part of. I mean, that's probably where the core of all this comes from, mm. because I always want children to be happy in their homes. <laughs> So I think the thing is that that's where it all comes from. And I think my customers appreciate that Mm -hmm. because that is what I I do. I make something out of nothing. And you don't always have a ton of fairy dust in that wand Mm. to wave. You know, God bless the ones that do. (laughs) But there is is quite a, you know, there's always a budget. Mm -hmm. And it's that ugly B word. (laughs) And I won't lie. I don't like them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone has them. Right. And you have to work with them. Mm -hmm. You know, so... If you only have, you know, $500 or you only have $5,000 or 50000 whatever the the number is, mm-hmm. you have to try to make the best out of that number. Mm-hmm. And you're not always going to get 100% of what you want. But if you can love 80% of your home, the other 20% will show up. Okay. Now that we are on the holiday season, mm-hmm. you do a lot of interior decorating for businesses and for homes for the holiday season. Give us some ideas or give us a thought on your philosophies and how you how you approach the holiday season because we can't call it Christmas anymore. We well, can't. I do. I do. <laughs> Actually, I get mad when people write Xmas on my boxes. Right. I tell them to write it. And why is that? Because it means something to me. Ah. Uh, because that's, that's how I was taught that you don't cross out Christ. Mm-hmm. You keep it Christmas. So that's that's my philosophy. I know everyone has their own, and I respect that, but that's mine. 
Tell us a little bit about how you got into the business of decorating people's homes and businesses for the Christmas season. Some of it really comes from when I worked at Rambling Rose, because that was an option. But over the years, when you earn the respect and trust of your clients, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't really pick out hand towels without calling you and thank God, or, (laughs) you know, did I buy enough pumpkins or how many lights do I need for my tree? Or I get texts all day with these dumb little questions, but, (laughs) but that is still my connection to them. The next step is really, again, it's the life experience in your home. And a lot of that's surrounded around holidays Mm -hmm. or the party. And the holiday is the is the time that you, you gather with your family, and it's an expression of you, an expression of your family life, and it's how you live in your home. And so, yes, I love decorating the Christmas tree. I love back to the kids. I love bringing the smile to the to the young man or young girl that is like thrilled that Robert's coming. I had I have one story. I was obviously talking to the mom, and she was obviously on the phone with the young boy in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. We were trying to figure out a date for the Christmas install. Mm. And we were going back and forth because whatever happened, things had to change. And I saw the, I didn't know he was listening to the story, but I saw him at school and he came running up to me and said, Mr. Mosley, Mr. Mosley, please tell me you're going to decorate my tree for Christmas. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I will be there. (laughs) I mean, so that to me is everything. When you can impact a family and earn a living from it. Mm Mm-hmm. And influence the way people live in their homes or set their table or keep some of traditions alive. I think that's everything. You talked a little bit about acknowledging how how you build upon something that the, the client or the customer already has. What is some of the things that you're looking for or what are some of the things that you're trying to, especially with a new client that comes in that you've never worked with before, what approaches do you take to learn more about the client and how that you can best approach helping them and helping them succeed with the vision that they have? Truly listen. You have to listen to your client. Mm. You can't go in with one conceived idea that this is what you're going to do. You can't bulldoze your client. You have to listen. And when you do, you'll. the funny thing is they'll tell you what they want. Mm-hmm. You just have to be there and listen. And when you do that, you can achieve what, what the goal is. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have opinions. Yes, 20, 30 years ago, I would have said, uh-huh, isn't that pretty? <laughs> and today I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> All this has got to go. Or this is great. Why are we not building on this? Mm. Some people look at maybe it's the sofa or whatever it is. They look at it like, if I have to look at that one more day, I can't handle it. Okay, well then, yes, we have to get rid of it. But sometimes people just need to open their eyes and see that it can be repositioned mm-hmm. or changed in a room. Um, it's it's all about aesthetic and how you put it together. But like even with holiday, mm-hmm. like Christmas wise, some I call it the treasure chest. But the thing is, it it's you have to build upon your chest. You can't. Mm. You, not again. Not everyone can just wave the magic wand. Right. You want to buy better nicer things simpler mm-hmm. because they'll grow with themes mm-hmm. you can always change colors of ribbons but if you buy the the better lights or the better item those become traditions and i think that's again i think that's everything traditions king it is to me and especially for holiday you know even when it comes to thanksgiving or any of those things now i won't lie the last couple of years we've been going to hawaii but <laughs> <laughs> which isn't bad <laughs> but 
I think it's just amazing when you can express your home and be with your family. I think that when you're building your treasure chest, you want to buy the nicer thing. You don't necessarily need bulk. You need better Mm. because simpler, cleaner is better today. Mm. It's not 10,000 things on a coffee table anymore. Right. It's just how you present things. Don't get me wrong. If you have a collection, we should um, embark on it and, and, and showcase it. But maybe you don't need all of them out. Mm. Maybe it's just, you know, a couple and make them special. So it's just it's just the way you approach things. And I think you just pointed on something key. It's all about making it special. Yes. It has to be special. 80% of it has to be special. <laughs> <laughs> the other 20% is filler and we'll fix it later. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or as we say in the, in the entertainment, we'll fix it in post, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And for Visioneer Nation out there, especially Visioneer business owners, what is something that they can do today to help grow a strong and profitable business? Again, I think it's going back to your list, your customer. You have to listen. We had a customer come in and said that they love that we had the, the gifts, but we had nothing for children. Well, within three months, I had stuff for kids. It's You have to listen to your customer, mm. especially in retail. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't own a Fortune 500 company. I'm sure there's different goals and different things that you have to do. Right. But as a small business, you, your customer is king. And even the ones that you're like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> they're back. <laughs> but, they're, but at the same time, thank God they're back. You know, it's right. because right. you did something right. Right. You know, they, they you know, it might have been something that they thought they could do better elsewhere, but they're back. And they're back for a reason because you they know what's going to happen. They know the quality and they know where I come from. And it's it's from the heart. It's not always my pocketbook. And if people wanted to get a hold of you or Visioneer Nation wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Well, we have a store next to Town & Country or in Town & Country Shopping Center. We're next to Trader Joe's. And what's the address of this? Of this 8200 store? Stockdale Highway, D6. And the phone number is 661-397-7222. And if people wanted to email you or go visit your website, what is, what is that information? It's really easy. It's robert at houseofmosley.com. And just for those who aren't familiar with you, how do you spell Mosley? M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. I always say I'm greedy. I have to have two E's. <laughs> Well, very good. Well, Robert, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for being on the Small Business Celebration Podcast and sharing your wisdom. And we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. No, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, Ron, why are you clinking glasses? I'm practicing my toast for our Geronco customers for this business this holiday season. Holiday party toasts? You betcha. This is a time of year when business owners and leaders that listen to this podcast call our shop or go to our website at joronkorentals.com and reserve all their tables, linens, plates, flatware, and glasses for their holiday parties. But aren't all of your holiday party rentals almost reserved already? Not if any member of Visioneer Nation that listens to this podcast come down to our shop at 7501 Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or gives us a call at 661-325-0855 or checks us out on our website at Jeronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O, rentals with an S, dot com, 
right now. Wait, let me get a piece of paper and a pen. That was 7501 East Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield, or giving you a call at 661-325-0855, or on your website at Jeronco Rentals, that's J-O-R-O-N-C-O, rentals.com. I've been asked, who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business. <laughs>